2: It's the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. We'll get into the Troy Aikman comments coming up here in about 20 minutes. But joining us now in studio, he is a friend, he is a colleague, and an all-around badass guy. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Teddy
1: Emmerich, everybody. (laughs) Wow, a badass,
2: too. Thank you, Skin. It's uh, so nice to have you in studio, Ted. And uh, you have something really cool that's happening Sunday for a lot of reasons. We'll get into all those reasons. One of which, though, is that it's very rare Brad Sham is missing his second broadcast in four decades uh, as part of uh, the Rosh Hashanah, the start of year number seven hundred and eighty of the Jewish calendar. And you are going to be filling in for the mighty Brad Sham.
0: Uh, Skin, all I can do is still shake my head. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around it. I mean, we'll be ready uh, come Sunday. There's no question uh, for prime time against the Saints. But think about that. I mean, Brad, it's funny. You you heard against the Dolphins last week on the third and 20 completion to Jason Witten. Right into the hooves of the goat, as he so expertly (laughs) described it. Brad Sham is the goat. Yeah. Let's just let's all be honest. And you think about him as broadcastings Iron Man with the Cowboys. His second missed game in 41 years as the voice of this team as the voice of the signature franchise in sports. The first time that he missed was 4 years ago and who did they call? Oh yeah, some guy named Vern Lundquist, <laughs> Right? A legend in his own right and then they call me? Awesome. For this I I'm so honored. I am so grateful. And uh, we look forward to Sunday night.
3: Okay. So you said they call me. What is the first phone call? The first hint? Like, and tell us your reaction. Walk us through what happened.
0: It was in late August. Uh, my wife and I, by the way, this is a very special week. And again, I know we'll get into some of the other reasons, like you mentioned, uh, Today, my wife and I are celebrating our eighth uh, wedding anniversary, so happy right. anniversary oh, that's, to yeah. Fantastic. Man, I had Thank the you. under. That oh, sucks for me, you. but it's... Uh, but- <laughs> <laughs> no, congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you, brother. I, pr- I appreciate that. And so my wife and I are in the car. We're, we're uh, on vacation. We're coming home. We're, and our toddler, our two-year-old daughter, is in the back seat, right? And, and she is tired of the road trip at this point. We are heading all day from Colorado back home uh, to here to DFW. We're somewhere like near Clarendon, right? West Texas, right? And you get the call, and it's a 214 number, and punch it up, and I think, okay, this is going to be some robo call, right? But mm-hmm. I'm still going to answer. Uh, it's Rich Dalrymple with the Dallas Cowboys. Wow. How are you, Ted? It's not a call that you expect to uh, get very often. In this business, right, it's all about uh, – it, it's a lot better – when they call you, you would prefer that over <laughs> yes. you having to call somebody else. <laughs> so it's true. always nice when they call you. And so that's a call. When you get a call from the Dallas Cowboys, that makes your day, it makes your year. That's and incredible. Did, did you know Do you know some of the logic
2: as to, I mean, did, did uh, Rich tell you why they chose you? Or did you even ask?
0: Or hell, what the hell did you think when he was telling you this? Uh, you say yes. <laughs> that's what you do, first of all. Uh, listen, and, and at that point in August... Uh, the scenario was, hey, he was upfront about it. He said, this this might not go beyond this phone call. Um, you know, listen, uh, who knows? We, you're, we're keeping you in mind. We just want to know if you're available. Yes, you're, oh, let me check my calendar. Hold on a second. Uh, gosh, I don't know if I can make it. September 29th, Sunday night in New Orleans. <laughs> Come on, of course it's yes. Um, and I got the official word a couple of weeks ago, hey, you're in. You got the gig. Start your prep. And so off you go.
3: So incredible, uh, Teddy Emrick joining us uh, in studio. He's going to have the the call on 105 through the fan uh, this Sunday night. Huge game, Cowboys Saints, and uh, obviously on the heels of, of your sweet dad passing, Roger Emrick, a, a true legend and, and a good friend of ours, an important part of our team up here. What does this mean to you in, in that context?
0: Uh, it, it's it's stars aligning, right? Um, as I heard um, Brad even say last week, there is a spiritual synchronicity to all of this. And I love that. Um, uh, With Brad missing the game, the reason he is, and you have to respect Brad so much, I certainly do. God comes first for him. The fact that he would step aside for a Sunday night football game because uh, his devotion is that important to him. And beyond that, for the game to be in New Orleans, Hmm. where my dad grew up, grew up in Gretna on the West Bank, you know. went to Saints games at old Tulane Stadium, um, and it's also the city where my dad and my mom met. I mean, it's just there, there are so many things in play, and it's not about me. It, it's, it's about the Cowboys. It's about this game. It's about a 3-0 team going on the road uh, in a big early season matchup, but for me, it's extra special because of all of that. There, there's no doubt, and I, all I know is I'm putting everything I have into this for mm-hmm. Sunday night.
2: Well, I bet that's uh, Teddy Emmerich. You'll be hearing his voice doing play-by-play on Sunday night as the Cowboys take on the Saints. Um, and, you know, those things can be real emotional, but there's no doubt in my mind that you'll be able to put all that aside because you delivered an incredible eulogy of your dad. And uh, when it was over, our old buddy, you know, we all worked together with Landry Locker, Yeah, and Landry goes, I wanted him to crack. I wanted him to just <laughs> do something, but damn Teddy's flawless at everything. And that's that That's I guess that's that play-by-play mentality. But uh there there's I, you kind of were raised in that world a little bit cuz you were going to games with your dad traveling all across the state of Texas. Uh,
0: how old were you when your dad was was lugging you to games? Oh man, for as long as I can remember. And I'll say for the the eulogy, I think the mentality first skin it was just let's let's celebrate his life. I don't want this to be a downer because Mm -hmm. my dad had way too much fun Fun for any of us to be depressed that Saturday in that that church. And I'm so glad so many people were able to experience that. But man, I mean, I I remember tagging along with him to games at Texas Stadium and we'd sit in the auxiliary press box and, you know, I'd help him in the locker room afterward. And, you know, carry Mike. I, I remember when when Emmett Smith was back in town as a Cardinal, as weird and as ridiculous as as that was, as that turned out to be, uh, his return was a big deal. And you know, my dad in the post game went to the Cowboys locker room, and I took a recorder, you know, into that scrum right underneath Emmett and looking up, right, holding the mic in his face. I <laughs> those are just some of the 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 amazing memories that that I have and experiences that I had. I was very fortunate to be around this at such a young age and so it was cowboys and mavs and rangers and stars and gosh high school football and you know you you get that that love you get bitten by that bug at such an early age dad is calling those games for krld and the texas state network and uh you know just to to be a a small part of that at the young age and and try to pick up things along the way was uh, just wonderful
4: I'm a guy who's got tons of, like, cassette tapes from back in the day of me and my cousin screwing around. There's people texted in on the Autoflex Fantex are saying, oh, man, Ted sounds just like his dad right <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> um, but can you That's elaborate good. a little bit about kind of going through, uh, finding old recordings of uh, him that that you'd kind of gone through and just kind of what that whole experience was like? Because that was really cool.
0: Man, KT, we, you know, after my dad passed away in April, um, you know, we're, cleaning out the house and getting ready to sell it, obviously, right now. But I I took a full week just to go through everything, and my mom and dad kept everything. Hmm. Um, So I wanted to make sure, let's just pick out what we want to say before we start truly clearing stuff out. And you stumble upon all kinds of treasures in the garage and tapes that I never knew existed. And so I, I started a, a SoundCloud page, mm-hmm. and I've been, I've been ripping, you know, I found one of those little cassette-to-USB devices, right, to digitize some of this stuff. You know, a lot of people do it with VHS tapes. You know, just for audio, it's so much easier. Yeah, you got to roll it in real time, but it's just amazing to go back and listen to my dad when, again, I'd never heard this tape in my life. I never knew it existed. 1985 at WCKW. River Parish Radio in Laplace, (laughs) Louisiana, right? He's a country country music DJ and doing high school football play-by-play. And so I find this tape, this air check that he pulled, you know, as he tries to get the next job, right? And it's the overnight shift, February 1985, and he's playing John Fogarty and, you know, who all these... A bunch of artists that, honestly, I'd never heard of, right? But just his ins and outs. He's cracking jokes, and he's doing voices, and he's just having fun. It's who he was. It's who he was with you guys here on The Fan, at KRLD on 1080. He's just being himself, and that's what he was at an age that it, he was younger than I am now. And it was, it's just so cool to to hear him at that point in his career so early.
3: So awesome, and uh, you know, one of my favorite things that he ever did was Yo Roger raps. Oh, you know, his of course, ability to be silly and laugh at himself. While he is one of the greatest voices we've ever had in the Metroplex, but he's willing to joke around and do rap songs and stuff. You probably weren't surprised that he was down to do that with Troy, were
0: you? Oh, not not at all. Oh, <laughs> he he loves to ham it up. You know that. <laughs> I mean, he'll he'll sing for you guys just unprompted. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah, you know, beat you down. During commercial breaks, come in. uh, Roger, hang on. We got to get back on the air. You know, Ben and Skin Show. That's who he was. He was always he never met a stranger. He was always having a good time. You were his friend if you met him. And so I'm I'm just so thankful that, again, I got to I got to call him dad that I get to carry on his last name.
2: What has been the uh, most interesting aspect to the prep that you've done? Has it been any different than other games? Has it felt different for you?
0: You know, it's funny you bring that up because I I remember, uh, you know, KT and I both went to North Texas and around around the same time, go mean green. I remember one time sitting in Bill Mercer's class. And again, by the way, that's the other part of it that's special for me, not to uh, go too far off the road here, but. You think of Cowboys' voices, and Brad Cham is the voice of the Cowboys. Let's say that. 41 years, he is the voice. There's no doubt. But, of course, before him you had Vern, mm-hmm. and you had Bill Mercer as well before Vern Lundquist. And I was so fortunate that Bill is a mentor of mine, and by the way, as sharp as ever in his early 90s now. Wow. Um, so we're in Bill's class, and Mark Folliwell, our good friend, mm. is uh, a guest speaker one week on a Wednesday night at North Texas. And Mark comes in and he talks about his start. And one break that he got was filling in for uh, the great Jim Durham.
2: Yeah, during his heart issue.
0: That's right. Yeah. Late late 90s. Yeah. And he's getting ready for a Mavs-Rockets game. And Mark said, I, I, I'm paraphrasing, I, I had to stop myself because I'm writing on my chart The names Charles Barkley and Hmm. Hakeem Olajuwon, (laughs) right? That just go. Wait, this is a little different than uh, you know whoever (laughs) happens to be starting uh, at center for the Louisville Fighting Farmers. No offense (laughs) to them, you know. And for me, you know, it's a little different than uh, you know writing out who who plays uh, on the offensive line for the Coppell Cowboys, whose games I did a few years ago. By the way, funny enough, you know, I called Connor Williams' senior season at Coppell in 2014. Now the starting left guard for the Dallas Cowboys. Kind of a cool deal there. But no, you're you're going through and and doing my prep and putting together boards and you're just you're typing in the name Jason Witten, right? You're typing in the name of a Hall of Famer. And that's you get past that very quickly, though, because after a while, Skin, you're absolutely right. It is, you know, after those names, right? Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott, who the world knows about, it's preparing for a football game. It's preparing to do the best job that you can with vivid description, uh, having fun, engaging with Babe Laufenberg, who is one of the best analysts in the game. Christy Scales, one of the best and the sideline uh, in the game. I, I just I can't wait.
3: Well, uh, we're definitely going to have the volume turned down on the television and the volume turned up on the radio, and we're going to let you take us through that game. Congratulations, and and on behalf of the Benin Skin Show and all of our listeners, we just want to say... Don't cuss.
5: <laughs> we'll try uh, our best, Ben. We will.
4: Try I'm looking fast. forward to on Monday we're going to have a little Ted goes ham. Yeah! Oh, yes!
0: That's happening.
4: <laughs> Ted not brings quite, lead.
0: Not quite the uh, the rhyming, though, of sham goes ham. Yeah, right? we might
4: need to think of something else. Yeah. But, we'll,
0: uh, and we'll have you back on leading up to Texas OU because you're calling that game this year. I am on, on Westwood 1. Can't wait for that assignment. But, man, it's all about Cowboys Saints this week.
2: There he goes, the great Teddy Emmerich, yeah! everybody. Yeah! wow, That was awesome. All right, so ben and Skin, show 105.3 the fan coming up next uh, Troy Aikman is just firing shots all over the place we'll react to that next here on the fan
0: call from mom answer it call silenced
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game
0: You have 47 new voicemails.
1: Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Troy
3: Aikman is a practicing savage. Unbelievable. Yesterday, the Athletic Kansas City tweeted, uh, Patrick Mahomes has thrown 36% of Troy Aikman's career touchdowns in about 8% of the games. Troy Aikman then retweeted it and said, Talk to me when he has 33% of my Super Bowl titles. So money. He dunked on Kansas City. He dunked on the athletic Kansas City, and then he hung on the rim. And I just, look, there's a lot of different angles to this conversation. First and foremost, the game has changed a hell of a lot. You want to jump on that? People are throwing the ball more now than they've ever thrown it. Uh, Secondly, Trey did what he was asked to do. Uh, You might have noticed that there was somebody who was good at running the football on those teams that he played with. Oh, yeah, he's the all-time leading rusher in the history of ever. And they got up to huge leads a lot of the times. It seemed like that was the formula. Let's get out to a lead, and then let's run the clock in the second half. And, oh, by the way, he almost won four Super Bowls in a freaking row. So there should be no reason to – Look, if you want to you praise Pat Mahomes, that's fine. But I don't understand why you're driving down the street where you're like, oh, Troy Aikman's changing a tire over there. Let's go ahead and swerve over eight lanes of traffic to make sure to run over Troy Aikman while we're uh, complimenting Pat Mahomes.
2: The thing that, uh, and I have not seen any sort of comment from the folks at The Athletic as to why they randomly picked Troy. Like maybe they were actually doing, doing it with some degree of reverence going, hey, I mean, look at this Hall of Famer but it doesn't feel that way. And why didn't they just, I'm sure there's any number of great quarterbacks in the history of Kansas city that they could have pulled out in reference to. So it's more of an apples to apples situation, at least franchise wise, it makes zero sense for them to do this. And it definitely puts Troy in an awkward position to where he's sitting there, man, he's like, why are you guys gunning at me? I've got three (laughs) of these things. I won the
4: Super Bowl three times. Do you know how hard that is to do? Uh, maybe that's just the only, uh, I guess, big name quarterback that they could, you know, find where the stats matched up the narrative that they were looking for. I'm sure that's. probably so If you part want to go play it. that game with Elway or Marino, they were kind of winging it a little bit more, I would imagine.
2: the The one guy I was curious about was uh, Joe Montana, and he did play for the Chiefs at the end of his career. Yeah, I didn't go look up his numbers, but. They did do, with the way the West Coast offense was, there was a lot of Roger Craig touchdowns that were short dump-off passes. So that would have sent Montana's touchdown numbers up as well.
3: The thing that just caught me off guard was listening to, and I guess I'm an old man out here looking at these broadcasters on my lawn, but I'm like, all of a sudden I'm hearing disparaging things about Aikman's career. Like uh, that he wasn't that good, or oh come on, he just had Emmett, he just had that offensive line. I'm like, what are you talking about? Have you Did you ever watch him play? They, and then am I the old man out there saying, what are you talking about? Babe Ruth was a power hitter. You never no. saw him. You don't know. I mean, like, I don't know. It's just unbelievably frustrating to hear people that are professional broadcasters just make asshats out of themselves by talking in
2: any way uh, depreciatively about the great Troy Aikman. It is impossible for the younger generation's to contextualize history because they didn't experience it at the time. The example I would always give to people is find a young person and play them the Beatles, and they're going, what? I don't get it. It's like, okay, play that for someone in 1967 and their head explodes. You have to contextualize these things. And You know what we could do? (laughs) We probably could go pull up Roger Staubach's passing numbers, and I guarantee you they don't look like Kirk Cousins. Is there anybody in the world that thinks Kirk Cousins is as good of a quarterback as Captain America? No. So you have to contextualize these things to the era. And in the era that Troy played, I still believe he's one of the highest percentage completion percentage quarterbacks of all time. Is he not? I mean, I think if we were to pull that up on football reference, completion percentage, I think he's near the top all time. It's one of the highest ever. He was also traditionally back then used to go by uh passer rating and or no he used to go by quarterback ranking qbr and he was always in the high 90s he's always ranked
4: very high i just did your kirk cousins roger staubach trick kirk cousins completion percentage is about 10 percent more than roger uh roger well okay so roger played what 10 years
2: yeah he was his career was shortened because he had a military obligation Kirk's
4: still 21 touchdown passes behind roger and kirk's in year eight so okay. it's fairly close uh rogers threw a ton more interceptions in two more years yeah is it yeah you just can't you can't you can't compare eras they're
2: not even playing the same style of football this is why people always go drew pearson doesn't have the numbers it's like drew pearson played in an era where they didn't throw the ball that much can i just pull some young
3: people aside real quick and talk to them real quick i'm here for it what's up i want to tell you a story okay about a guy named troy okay and he was was number one overall pick right the whole draft didn't they yes number one so when you take a quarterback number 1 overall, you know, you would just hope that he would be a franchise quarterback. You hope there's a chance you could miss on that, but uh you hope you would get that right. He's a guy that would go lead your your team to to a Super Bowl maybe and be really good and and be the face of the franchise. This is a guy who did that. He was the face of your franchise. They tried to run him off, too. They tried to create a fake quarterback controversy. Jimmy Johnson brought in Walsh, right? This guy from college at Miami. Good Lord. And he fended that off, okay? And he was the quarterback. What is that, a campfire? Yeah. Okay, yeah, good. Gather around the campfire. Um, And it was, you know, he did everything he was supposed to do. He was the face of your franchise. He won you Super Bowls. He was selfless. Oh, you don't need me to throw the ball all over the field all the time even though I can and I'm really effing good. That's fine. I'll set aside my ego so we can win. And then you had him be a part of all these crazy teams where all this insanity was going on and he still tried his best to lead him. Then when you ran off your coach or whatever the hell happened there with Jimmy with – switzer he had to be the disciplinarian of the team meanwhile he's getting concussions his body's getting beat to hell i mean look what he did is that the first year he's 1-15 yeah where he'd sit there in the pocket and this guy would deliver freaking dimes in games that didn't matter throwing the ball at the last second knowing he's about to get destroyed this dude was tough he was everything you could want out of the face of your franchise he was as brilliant a quarterback as there was in the league, and all he did was win, baby, win.
2: Yeah, he he was incredible. Troy was so great here, at the, and and you know at the time when all this was going on and we're watching them win, I don't remember ever having a conversation with anybody about man, shoot, sure, man, Troy can't throw. That's why they don't throw the ball. Like Those conversations were never had because you were too busy winning the division and then winning a Super Bowl every year. It was just excellence.
4: Troy was 37th all-time in completion percentage as of right now, tied with Jameis Winston. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he wasn't that good. (laughs) So you're saying Winston and him are the same guy? Rod Johnson has a better completion percentage. Guess who number two is all-time NFL completion percentage? Probably some spare. This reminds me
3: of your friend's arguments.
4: Number 2 all time in NFL completion percentage is one yeah. Rain Dakota Prescott. Oh! Yeah, he's better. You
2: Woo! know who number 3 is?
4: Uh Pat Mahomes, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Is he really? Yeah. Four is Chad Pennington. Completion <laughs> Completion percentage is a weird stat. It's a dump-off stat. It's a weird stat. I respect it. I don't it. really think there is a stat that just uh for quarterbacks there's not a singular stat that you go even the the QBR and the quarterback rating stats I don't like. Right. There's not a singular stat where I can go, oh, this is how it determines, determines the greatness of it all. You you just have uh, it's these numbers that are stacked up over a period of time and it should be adjusted by era. And the offenses weren't doing what they're doing now, you know? Mm-hmm. There was go routes, post routes, slant routes. Right. And Troy you is, know?
3: I mean, ultimately, it's like, look, they, he did what he needed to do to win championships and they won championships. And if you really want to know if he was good or not, go talk to people in that era. Go talk to defense coordinators who had to scheme to stop the Cowboys or defensive backs who had to cover their receivers or better yet, go talk to the receivers who caught passes. If I'm not mistaken, Michael Irvin is well known for saying Troy had the best balls. <laughs> he Troy did say that.
2: The best. ball. he absolutely did say that. this is
3: ridiculous. Anyways, we do have some more audio uh, of Troy Aikman. Let's, let's play this cut number 23 here. Uh, this is from the Dan Patrick show. While we're celebrating the greatness of Troy Aikman, uh, did you need to see? Do you need to see anything else? If you were in charge of the Cowboys' payroll, do you need to see anything else before you pay Dak?
5: Yeah, no. I this guy. The, people, most people who are listening to this have never met Dak Prescott. They've only heard him interviewed and seen him play. And I will tell you, he's he's as fine a person as there is in our game right now, and he's a, he's unbelievable in terms of his character, his personality, his leadership abilities, all the intangibles. This guy's got it in spades. And then he has a work ethic that's second to none, and that's been apparent uh, this year in the in the work he put in this off season. So the question was, okay, yeah, he has all these qualities, but you know we need to see more within the passing game, and he's he's done that. I mean, I think he's been extremely impressive. Not just because the numbers show that, but when I watch him, this is a different guy. And and yeah, maybe it started to come on at the towards the second half of last season when they got Amari Cooper. But his footwork and him his timing of getting the ball out this is a different guy than we saw at any point last year. He's extremely confident. Um, no, I wouldn't. I think when you worry about giving that kind of money to somebody, you worry about what the money may do to them. And and I don't think the money's going to have any impact on on his desire to be great and his uh continuing to to put the time in so uh i'm a little surprised quite honestly dan that they haven't paid him already
2: i i the way he lays all that out it makes sense but i'm just not surprised because this is the way the joneses have always done stuff mm-hmm. they always do stuff this way so it's not a surprise in that regard in other words they are going to pay him they've just been they've publicly said we're going to pay him they just haven't done it yet.
3: Well, they waited on Zeke, and I think it worked out to their favor. Now, Zeke got paid, and if the people that don't want to pay a running back, they're not happy about it. But in terms of, I think
4: that's a that's a cowboy-friendly deal. I have no problem with that deal. We haven't seen a rush to pay running backs. We saw two teams, and Bell and Gurley. You know, We saw a rush with quarterbacks, and it happened with Seattle re-up and Russ. Mm-hmm. It happened with the Rams and Goff and the Eagles and Wentz and everyone else who— hurried up to get deals done over the last couple of years. We saw a rush there, and that's where I but think it goes. Dak's not falling for that, though. No. Also,
3: because if those, any of those quarterbacks had waited and bet on themselves, they probably would have made more money. Yeah. And Dak it seems to be content with betting on himself and making more money. Uh,
4: mm-hmm. There's another clip from Troy on the Dan Patrick show, but I think it actually mixes in with what we're going to talk about in the next segment. Let's hear it. Completion so let's hear percentage. to carry it over? Let's hear that. Let's carry it over because – uh, Troy weighed in on, on Dak's price going up and things like that. And Bill Barnwell of ESPN gives you some notes on maybe how far behind Dak is from Pat Mahomes, and maybe it's not as much as people think.
2: All right, that's great. Coming up next, we will compare Dak to Mahomes. As crazy as it sounds, there's some logic here. Stick around for it next on the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. KT, uh, we're getting into a ranking of the 3-0 and o teams in the NFL is done by Bill Barnwell. But before we do
4: all that, you had a Troy Aikman segue that leads into that. Yeah, so Troy was asked on the Dan Patrick Show about Dak's price going up. and As he mentioned in the cut we played last segment, he's not sure why the Cowboys haven't done the deal yet. There's a Troy just kind of commenting for a second on Dak's price going up.
5: He knew coming into the season that that probably the first three weeks would be a good a great way for him to gain leverage, but now he's going he goes into New Orleans, uh, you know, this next week. So maybe, maybe he'll say this could <laughs> we get that deal done.
3: <laughs> All right. So there's there's just no way that it doesn't have some impact. It it has to have some impact. Yeah. There's not there's both sides are at a standstill. The Cowboys think, Hey, look, we're willing to pay this much money. There's not a deal because Dak's team thinks, well, we're worth more than that, and so there's no deal done, and then Dak goes out and shows you that he's worth more than whatever you're offering. In fact, you should probably raise it even higher. I mean, things look really good for Dak, and you could say, okay, the Miami game of his three games wasn't as good as his perfect game to start the year or his maybe even better second game. Um, but still it was, they were, they were toying with the dolphins. They were, that game was never in jeopardy. And man, I just feel really good about their quarterback position now. Um, all along, it's about like, if Dak wanted 40, you're going to have to pay Dak 40. It's just the, it's the way it is. I mean, or or you're going to go down a road where you're going to eventually divorce. Um, the question is, and I think the Cowboys have tried desperately to do, is to say, man, listen, we don't take all the pie. We need pie. We got your other teammates want pie. We only have a limited amount of pie. We we know we'll give you half the pie, but we need that pie. So please don't take all the pie. It seems like that's their whole approach. I can't I'm dying to know where this negotiation stands. How do they not have a deal?
2: Well, and it could be too that they haven't really focused in recently. You asked Stephen on Monday and he's like it doesn't do any good to comment on this sort of stuff but the last bit of information we had was Dak saying he didn't need all the pie and realizing the value of that and um, I think when the deal is done D- Dak is going to be ridiculously compensated but I bet it I bet the numbers don't shock us I think it's going to make sense like, to everybody. like what do you like are you like talking I think they're going to settle into that 35 area I really do I okay. don't think he's going to go and try to get 40 that I mean, still sure his is agents that still is shocking
3: I mean it's like uh not not into the world shocking but he'll he'll be the highest paid quarterback in the league. I mean it's not it's not going to be within his classmates, right? The guys within his draft class at 32. They right? yeah,
4: they're all in that 32 to 34 range, so uh,
2: it's close enough to where it's like like in other words 40 would be shocking. 40 he's to me is better than
4: Goff and Wentz and has numbers over a 3 year span that can, uh, he's got plenty of numbers to, to say that he's been better than those guys.
2: Well, let's do this. Let's get into these 3-0 and so, rankings because there's numbers in that article that really go, oh, damn, Dak's doing
4: that. Yeah, Billy Barnwell, baby Billy Barnwell of uh, ESPN, ranked the 3-0 and team. All right? Number one, he's got the Patriots at number one. I have a problem with that. Why? No, I don't.
3: Okay. Even losing Antonio Brown, they're really hurting now.
4: Yeah, they're struggling to get by. Number two, he has the Dallas Cowboys. Ahead of the Chiefs, ladies and gentlemen. Now, here's what he says. He said he talks about the schedule. He was like, yeah, they should have killed those teams. I'm going to read this to you guys, and you guys just let me know what you think. Okay. Tell us what you're thinking. Yeah, I'm going to read this in the voice of Baby Billy Barnwell. <laughs> okay. Is it foolish to put Prescott and the reigning MVP in the same sentence? Before this season, maybe. Through three weeks, though, Prescott has been every bit as good as Mahomes. If you think this is related to Prescott throwing shorter passes, you're wrong. The Cowboys' signal caller's average attempt has traveled 9.7 yards in the air, further than Mahomes, who's throwing it 9.2 yards per throw in the air. Prescott's percentage of receivers who are open and or wide open are both below league average. Oh. Shots fired at Kellen Moore. He's playing like a leg- legitimate superstar. Prescott will be tested in the weeks to come. Over the next two weeks, the Cowboys face the Saints and the Packers, who are each tied for the league lead and pressure rate at 37%. Ooh! If he keeps these numbers up and leads the Cowboys to 5-0, and o, Jones might have to sell the scoreboard to finance Dak's new deal. Oh,
2: well. Okay, so I don't remember if it's also in that article, KT, but I did see where, I thought it was in that article, where he got into projected success completion percentage based on the defenses they were playing.
4: Yes. Okay. Uh, this right. to me
2: was like, okay, everybody can shut up about the level of competition.
4: It says, so it's called expected completion percentage is yes. the name of the stats, and NFL next gen stats. Prescott's options would have typically generated a 64.6%. So 65%. I'll round up here to make it easier. Prescott's options would have typically generated a 65% completion percentage. Ben, that's higher than what Jameis and Troy did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so far, he's hitting on a whopping 75% of his attempts. 10
2: percentage points higher than his expected completion percentage rate. Against those defenses, those are the opportunities, and he's doing it that much higher. That is elite-level stuff.
3: Yeah, he's elite. He's he's playing elite. But I, I tend to agree with Troy Aikman that this is a, a major development. Like, the way he's playing this year is better than he's ever played. And so I, I do think, like we we're talking about, you know, it depends on the team that you come into and then in that you inherit and what you're asked to do as a young quarterback. He came into an ideal situation. Um, I think you have to look at everything. And I think he's doing a hell of a job, but I think he's taken that next step. I think he absolutely has progressed and he is in that conversation with those elite quarterbacks. I mean, him with Kellen Moore is vastly different from him, you know, with Linehan. Yeah. It's night and day. And then it's him with Kitna and making those developments. It's it's wildly different. That's wildly improved. It's fantastic. It's just, okay, now let's see how it does against some of the, the tougher defenses and whatnot. But, I've seen enough. I I want to pay the guy. I'm just hoping that he internally chooses not to take all the pie. He's worth all the pie. Mm -hmm. But hopefully he chooses to
2: not take all the pie so he can have better teammates. The best thing that can happen for a quarterback is when your options materialize quickly in a play. That's no-brainer stuff. Yeah. And that's what's happening for Dak right now.
4: I just think all this stuff, too, is weeding out all the -the off-the-field stuff. This is all on-the-field stuff we're talking about. Right. It's not an off-the-field stuff like this clip from NFL Films. Skip the flank right stack, 32
3: Sam,
2: Alert X-Foot. Oh, Spicy Nuggets are back. I might have to stop on the way home.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Who's he saying that to? He's oh. in the
0: huddle with. Uh, he's
2: calling the next play. There's Tyron. There's, you know, Connor Williams. He's got Tony Pollard to his right. He calls a play and he goes, Oh, <laughs> Spicy Nuggets are back at Wendy's. I think I might stop and get some on the way home. Break. <laughs> <laughs> that is so Joe Montana. Pretty great. You guys know the Joe Montana drive story, right? No.
4: I know. I just know that he's. Had some big hits that he took. I'll remember this when you tell me. I right guarantee. before
2: the greatest, one of the greatest drives in Super Bowl history is Montana gets ready to march him down the field. I think it was against the Bengals. It's the Broncos. It was the Broncos. I thought it was against the Bengals. Bengals. Uh, they all go in the huddle. It's do or die time. They get in the huddle. They're all ready to poop their pants. And Montana goes, "Oh my God! Look over there in the stands. That's John Candy." All right, guys, <laughs> oh, focus yeah. in. And then boom, just marches him <laughs>
4: right down the field. Uh, John Candy, look it up, kids. <laughs> uh third on those power rankings were the were the chiefs so we got the chiefs yeah there, that makes sense they're damn good fourth on those power rankings were the rams that's right right there okay
2: fifth the green bay packers by the way one of the things he talked about in that rams thing is how bad Goff has been so far
4: yeah now in the in the the, the uh what he says about the Packers at number 5, he says they're the best defense in football.
2: Well, hold on, so Bill Barnwell says. I know. Do you know what else he said? He said the Bills were the best defense in football, the Packers were the best defense in football, and the Patriots were the best defense in football. He said that about all he of them? He said that about all three of them.
4: What a jerk. It's kind of a bit, though. Six, he's got the 49ers. I mean, I just think they need to prove it a little more.
2: Well, they're still a 3-0 and o team. I well, mean, well, we're, you ranking, we're ranking the 3-0 and o teams. That's what we're doing.
3: This is This is a guy Garoppolo. who hates
2: Garoppolo.
3: And it all has to do with him being on a date with a porn star.
4: It's not about the date. It's about it's, the it, choice. It's
2: the specific porn star. <laughs> it is. KT was worried about the
4: size. I just don't know why you would take a not top one hundred player. It's not your. Type. It's like it's like reaching here. Here you go, guys. I'm going to take a fourth rounder with the number one pick in the draft. I can have my choice of the litter dog, Probably like Lisa Ann. Well, she wouldn't be my choice, but what that would. Reveals, a too ben a uh, a picture of ben's big board is leaked out on the internet <laughs>
2: <laughs> speaking of big boards though that gal that he went with i mean what? wow yeah.
4: so you mentioned uh poo pants earlier i don't, uh, do you, I don't do think anybody did Do you guys want to do that russell wilson uh audio yeah i wouldn't I mind it. It. or do you want to do the breaking bad thing no let's say breaking bad let's yeah. do the russell wilson audio here okay. since we're talking about I don't fully know the context of this Chippy. can you help me out with the context of this
2: yeah this is uh, Russell Wilson talking about the last time he played the Steelers in an unfortunate uh, situation that hit him in the pants
1: last time we played the Steelers it was actually we played the year that was in 2015 game, I, I was dog sick I was throwing up and I was uh, literally um how would I say this? Crapping down my leg. Mm. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't a good sighting. <laughs> literally. Literally. I was Welcome to league, hey, that's football, huh? Yeah. I was yeah. sick as a dog. <laughs> One of my favorite games in an ironic way, even though I was had the flu and I was all messed oh. up. Um, we threw five touchdowns. Yeah, well, touch, right? We won yeah. the game that game.
2: That's his Jordan Flu game. Yeah, I couldn't
3: tell probably. if he was saying he literally was pooping in his pants at the game. I don't think he was saying that. I think
2: he was saying I had those symptoms.
3: How so would, I would I
1: say this? Crapping down my leg. Yeah. I think so if I think he, he's
2: running to the toilet, I would say this. I think if he wasn't doing that, he misunderstands the word "literally," which a lot of people do. People use the word "literally" yeah. wrong all the time. Literally. I really use that word. I always. think, but no,
3: I think he was literally could have been crapping down his leg into yeah. a toilet, not. In oh. his pants out on the field, like running to get to the toilet because...
2: Okay, so he did poop in his pants, just not on the field. I don't think... It, do you
3: wear your pants the on the tent. toilet?
2: <laughs> if you wear your pants
3: on the toilet, that's a gangster move. That is a gangster move. <laughs> a
4: lot of guys go... have a hole go, cut out. At halftime, they have 11 <laughs> minutes, and a lot of guys go change, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. You know? According to Travis Dak, I read that Dak is a guy who always changes because he's sweaty. He normally changes. I would think the Browns and, could get away with that. So that was a story. I don't know if y'all saw that story, too, about the, Dak's third quarters this year. He's 22 of 22 in the third quarter this year with no incompletions. And they talked about adjustments, but it's like, well, the adjustments are made, but it's usually pretty quick because normally Dak is going to change his uniform. <laughs> he's so sweaty that he changes his uniform. Every time? So they've got 11 minutes. And if you've got any type of thing that's banged up, uh, whatever, you got to get treatment on that. Mm-hmm. Plus, you're eating fruit, like Travis said, and he's changing uniforms while making adjustments to go be perfect in the third quarter.
3: He does it like the quick-change people, the halftime show. <laughs> he runs into mid. the curtains. All right, coming up next, John Daniels joins us. We'll find out about the last homestand at Globe Life Park. We'll talk to J.D. next on 105.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.